Before we get started here, uh, a couple of quick notes. One, Alan Frank, Try to Be Serious, is going to move to Thursdays starting next week. And that's because another podcast, Frank Pod Caliendo Cast, Grudnock's Hard, I'll tell you what, man, is going to be coming out on Wednesdays because Hard Knocks on HBO is on Tuesdays. So, Alan Frank, Try to Be Serious, moving to Thursdays. Frank Pod Caliendo Cast, Grudnock's Hard on Wednesdays. And with that said, not in order at all. You'll figure it out, though. This week's Alan Frank Try to Be Serious is uh, a conversation, a little bit of an interview with Ryan Davis, who I really didn't know anything about. Uh, I went to see him at the uh, at Stand Up Live in Phoenix. Uh, I'd heard he was an internet sensation, which he is, and then went and saw his stand up, and he was fantastic. And it turns out he was a comedian before he got into uh, the social media world. And you'll learn all about that in this episode. And here it is. All right, why don't, why don't we start, Al? You, I mean, I feel like you guys have done a full podcast before we even started. So let's let's yeah, do it. Frank, let's... can you leave us be? <laughs> I'm such an outsider right now. I'm so... I, I like the talk though, so it doesn't matter. We'll oh no, it's great. Time. It's it's uh, but that's what this is all about. So we're Frank. Gonna... You did that thing. Have you ever like uh, been at like a party at somebody's house and two people that you kind of know are talking, and you walk up and you're gonna be the weird third wheel, and they continue their conversation. Now you're just standing there, and they're like, "Should I say something?" But now you're just standing there watching two people that clearly see you there having a conversation. It's weird. I, as fuck. I, I, I was trying to find a spot for two minutes. I pretended to go check levels on the microphones. I did every. Everything I could, to, and you guys were having you guys were having great conversation, and I was like, ah, let's save this for the podcast, and I didn't want to interrupt, and I'm kind of listening in, and I'm going, oh, are we going to redo this or what? So let's just let's start it. I I don't know where Toledo's going to start it because he's not here yet, but he'll uh, he'll get in and hear us. Uh, Al, are you uh, familiar with Ryan Davis at all? Because I was not before yeah, I, this week. Uh, I saw. A couple clips of Ryan. Uh, By the way, he's our guest. Ryan, I, I know. Yeah, yeah let's try and stop interrupting. But I, I didn't even, didn't even Did we introduce say the name guests. of the freaking show yet. Uh, they just know. They're gonna. We're gonna try to be serious. It's, it's Alan. Called, Frank. Y'all better know the name by now. That's <laughs> the name of it. But no, I saw. Uh, I saw Brian. Uh, uh, Ryan, because Hannibal told me. Yeah, I don't know you. No, um, Hannibal uh, Burris is my homie. He told me about you, and I checked you out. Uh, maybe like three months ago, and then you randomly came up in uh, uh, my YouTube algorithm, and then Frank mentioned you, and now here you are. So it, it was meant to be. So I, I didn't know a lot about you, and you're going to get to talk a whole bunch, uh, Ryan. I, I just want to set this oh, up no, a little bit. Fine. You just had this like, oh, when's my turn? No. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, absolutely, because I, I went to see you last night. I just want the audience to know about this. I went to see you last night. And we even talk we talk about this all the time, Al and I do like what are your preconceived notions and so i'd I'd known you were from you gained this following from social media. I didn't know anything about you being a comic. I didn't know what to expect and i sometimes I hear these stories about people from social media going up, and it's like a glorified meet and greet right it's this 
Um, they go up there and they have four minutes of material and they're a YouTube star and they sell $75 tickets, but people walk out. Some of them are like extremely happy, but older people are like, what did I just pay for here? You were fantastic. I, so my, my first question is, did you start out as a stand-up before getting into social media? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm still fairly new, though. I'm still a baby. I've, uh, I just hit six years. But um, yeah, but uh, nah. Stand up is the passion. Social media was the tool to okay. make that make that dream come true. I I understood the power of social media as far as a marketing tool. Okay, and that's what social media was to me. I gained the following so people could come see the stand up. Okay, so and you started out in North Carolina. Uh huh. Okay, the Comedy Zone in Charlotte. Oh, re- half. Yep, half. Uh. That's my guy. Go check some ATMs. Yeah. (laughs) He owns all the ATMs like in all of North Carolina. It's crazy. Does he really? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Hef, uh, it was so funny, man. I wanted to headline at the Comedy Zone forever because it's like my home club. And then uh, my social media blew up and I was like, I don't know if uh, they'll let me. You know what I'll do? I'll I'll get a theater and I'll sell out the theater, and then that way the Comedy Zone will see that I'm a serious ticket. And then I uh, talked to my agent, and they were like, well, you know, in order to do a theater, you still have to go through Brian Heffron. <laughs> that's like that's like those, an old southern town where, like, the sheriff runs everything. Like, yeah. That's, that's I, he's bald, and he just puts on different wigs. <laughs> Not the old, like, I put on the hat, and he's the mayor. He puts on a different hat. He's got a different job. He's a, he, I I. I get along very well with him, uh, like any comedy club owner. I'm sure there are people that don't, but he's been very great. He's been great to me, and uh, a lot of people I know he's been great to. But he's 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 a tough guy. Like oh. he's a tough nut to crack. He's seen everything. Seen everything. Oh, and he is just the biggest. Like uh, I remember, I had a good set one night, and I got off stage, and he was like, "Man, Ryan, that was terrible." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was really feeling good about myself, but he's like, it was like you, you made him laugh, but you weren't talking about anything. You didn't say anything. I don't know nothing about you. You were just, you were just up there, you know, now, pandering. How did you take that criticism? Did you take that and and rework some things, or did you, did you brush it off for a while and then start to realize later? Like, how did that, how did that hit your ear then? And then how did, how did you respond to that? At the time, I was like, he don't know what he's talking about. I'm a genius. <laughs> and then, How old are you at the time? Uh, at the time, I would have been 26, 27. Now I'm 32. He was, uh, and it was, now none of that material is anywhere near my set. I was what, like, he was right. absolutely telling the truth. I just couldn't see it. What I, kind of stuff was it? Oh, man, it was like, like, just, it was just dirty sexual stuff. Oh. Just stuff that was just... Right there on the surface level, you realize when you see like a million comics, you're like, oh, we all were saying this and thought that we thought of this. And we didn't. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's those also- jokes are almost like public domain for young comics. It's like, take yep. what you need and leave. Give a penny, take a penny with those hack jokes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So what changed you? Because I, like I said, I went to see you and I was, I saw crafting of materials. First, First of all, 
two things I saw are where you talk about political incor- political incorrectness, political political correctness, political correctness versus in being politically incorrect. I guess. Yeah. I watch that, but I watch how you set it up and talk. Uh, it's it's fantastic. So. It's funny because you talk about uh, how people can't do gay jokes anymore, mm-hmm. but then you go back and talk about where you started with, you have a brother who's gay. Mm-hmm. And then and then you make this clear admission. <laughs> I don't want to do your act, but it, no, it, was, it, it was incredibly well crafted because you talk about it, my brother's gay uh, and I have a ton of gay jokes that I can do. And none of it's mean. We uh, Al and I always talk about this in terms of uh, tone. Tone is so important to yeah. what you say. It's everything. And you do a lot of crafting to get to make jokes that uh, some people might go, ooh, oh, you know, I don't know. But by the time you're done with the setup and doing the jokes, people are like, oh, no, he's doing this for the right reason. He's yeah, doing I, this for I good love reason. that. <laughs> oh, really well done. Oh, I appreciate that, man. It, it's, you, ha- you know, and to get there, it, you have some bad nights. You know, you you have to learn. It, it doesn't necessarily start out that way, but I don't know, man. I I learned this is the way I, I go into it. If I'm making a joke about a group of people, it needs to be a joke that that group of people are going to love. If, if they don't yeah. like it, you right. know what I mean? Right. Yes. Then then that's that's an issue. Well, you're the joke is for people, not at the person's expense. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, uh, and it helped to have my brother on the road with me all the time too. So, um, well, I used to, you know, sell. He used to sell all my merchandise. He was like my bodyguard. <laughs> he was. I, <laughs> I trusted my brother with it, you know, with everything. And he, whenever I say anything, I'll I use him as a temperature check. I would I would be like, is this insensitive? Because I'm not trying to be that. But you also got to realize people have sense of humor about themselves. A lot of people have a sense oh, of humor. About most them, people, so, yeah. And especially gay folks. I mean, they've had to. I feel like I've always said, and I've always wondered if it was, uh, again, me, uh, you know, because you don't want to ever uh, assign like a, a character trait to a, a whole group of people. But I feel like all, almost all the gay dudes that I know are hilarious. Yep. And I've, my theory behind that is unlike. Uh, Al, that uh, you know, coming up in Cleveland, Ohio, kind of figuring out who I was, figuring out how I was going to fit into the social dynamic. I feel like when, if you're a young, per- a young gay person, obviously, I, I only know from the people I talk to, you realize at a young age that there's something different about you, and that puts you on a path to start to discover who you are at a much younger age than other people, than somebody like myself would. So I feel like you start to evolve in thought, and you and if your thoughts are evolved, your sense of humor is going to become evolve, uh, evolved. And that's why, like, gay dudes are hilarious, and they, they're, 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 they crack jokes, and they're hilarious. They don't, they don't have, like, this thin skin that I think is this perceived notion of, uh, of certain people that uh, are, you know, anti-gay. Are you saying that the gay kid is the new fat kid? Is that like, <laughs> well, honestly, but there, there's a that. little if, piece if of you're, that. If you're a fat kid, you're like, okay, in the third grade, everybody's like, oh, Frank, oh, Ryan, you're fat. Okay, you're getting that every day. You're like, okay, well, I got to do something about this. Either I'm going to go home crying on the bus or I'm going to learn how to defend myself with my words. And I mean, look at all the great uh, heavy set comics. They come out, they, my homeboy, guy rest his soul, John Panette, came out 
all fat jokes. And then like, what do you, you, you're laughing with him. So I think, I think there is something to that. I also love that at no point did Al say, I'm going to go fix that by exercising. I'm just going to stay fat. And do jokes. <laughs> there, there is some truth to that. Comfort makes everything uh, work. So, where does this change? Heft tells you at the club at 26. You said, yeah, that hey, you're doing easy stuff. Get away from the easy stuff. It's I and I could see him doing that with either a chew in or a toothpick or both. Yeah, and <laughs> so where does that evolve? How do you get to the point? Because I literally was watching you with Kellen Erskine, who's a, another comic who was doing a different show, uh, different time, but at the same club as you uh, this weekend. And I, I watch other people to see when they laugh. And Kellen's a tough laugh. And he broke out a few times. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> Because I don't, I don't necessarily laugh myself. I, I usually say, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's that's- I, do. I talked about that with Eric Griffin, uh, that I, when I laugh, my laugh is, oh, that's good. And when something's a weird timing issue, that's when I'm like, ha, ha. <laughs> or, or something that didn't work and I know it should have, but the audience didn't get it. That's when I actually laugh. I laugh That's when really you hear hard. the comic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, when I hear a good joke and it, and it and it falls short on the audience, I laugh for everybody. Yes. Because that- that's a great joke. <laughs> I laugh really hard. So where does that change for you? Because you're doing the easy stuff. And like I said, if there's one thing that, and maybe it's even how the title of this um, podcast will go, the subtitle or whatever, is I thought you don't take the easy road on anything. I, I thought you took smart, interesting routes to get places. And that's why I was so excited when I texted Al. I'm like, Ryan's perfect for this show um, to fix us because we always take the easy. No. <laughs> but I... I watching you, I go, oh, this is great. The just the thinking that went into everything. So how does that evolve? Yeah, I, I I went. I just felt like I I went to school. I decided to go to comedy school. Man, I started watching a lot of comedy, and I started to really just break down why things are funny or why these people are you know looked at as greater than others and. And I started watching comedy to be impressed by it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Bill Burr and Patrice O'Neill and guys like that would just take these bits that whenever they first go into their premise, I'm like, oh my God, this is a train wreck waiting to happen. And then it just wasn't. It was. It ended up being some of my favorite stuff. And then I saw Bill Burr um, live and he had just had a baby. And he his wife is black. And so his baby's mixed. Never mentioned it. <laughs> Did like 20 minutes on fatherhood. Never mentioned any of the low-hanging fruit stuff. Right. And I was like, you know what? There's there's clearly, you know, uh, um, a way of to just, you know, make yourself better, man. It, you could do the jokes that's sitting right there that everybody's going to do, or you can try to be legendary, man. And... I made the choice to I want to be remembered. So that was that was it. I wanted to just I wanted to be great, man. I wanted for whenever I'm done doing it, I don't want to I don't necessarily need to be looked at as the great as one of the all-time greats, but when people are talking about it, I want somebody to go, 
But what about Ryan Davis? And I'll and that's it. That's that's good enough for me. You, you just See, be in, in the my argument. case, I just want to be better than Frank. That's how I want to be. <laughs> how is Al Jackson's career better than Frank Caliendo? <laughs> no, you know, he can honestly, do a joke without a voice. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I, one one thing. I really respect. Uh, I've known Bill and Nia, his wife, forever, and, and I really respect that she said that because I never even noticed that that he didn't. He never. It talks about his wife being black, what you would think it's like, oh, I got 20 new minutes on that. I was just saying, I, I never, I've known uh, Nia and Bill for, for almost my entire career. And I never realized that until you said that, Ryan, that he's never mentioned his wife is black, which is super cool. I'd be using uh, that immediately. <laughs> be like, I do a podcast with a white guy. Uh, <laughs> well, we but, do strive, I, I, and this is me cutting you off again. We do strive to not be the black guy and the white guy. Typical opinion of right. th that's what this show is not. Um, but uh, continue, Al. I'm sorry about that. I, I was going to ask both of you guys this because I mean, you have to assume, Brian and Frank, whenever you do a live show, there is not only is it being recorded, but there's at least one or two people in the audience that could be a blogger could be active on Twitter in some kind of way or active on Instagram that is waiting for you to say something because they can use whatever you said as clickbait. And that's why I, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think it's more difficult to craft jokes about uh, having a gay brother or having a trans partner, whatever you want to talk about? Because it takes a while for me. I'll start a joke and it'll be done in like three months. But I'll have to go out and do it and be like, well, that tag didn't work. That setup didn't work. That closer didn't work. I don't know if we have that that luxury now because if you try to add a tag and it doesn't work, now all of a sudden you could be labeled as something where it's just like, I was just working on a bit and that just, that's a bad joke. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. A lot of people think whenever they see any joke that that's the finished product. Yeah, it's hard to get the general public to understand that once you see a perfected joke, that I have told this joke and crafted it, and and it's nowhere near what it was when it started. And that's why I don't envy Eddie Murphy, man. When they talk about him coming back, he mm. has no way of telling a joke and it not getting out. You know, people are going to blog about it. They're going to put he he never really will get a chance. Forget the general public. I did. A, I was working on um, non-impression material last summer, and I've still been working on that and trying to develop that some, and trying to find the me voice. I went to Minneapolis, and there was a critic in the crowd at my club show on a Tuesday, where I'm b basically telling the audience the ticket's slightly cheaper than normal, but I got to make money because I'm away from my family. And I'm working on stuff. And I'm in the very early stages. I really don't know who I am because I, I went up the... Please tell me you didn't start the show with this. No, I, I basically do. I basically tell them this is, this is, <laughs> Sorry. The, this is the garbage. But I did apologize a little bit at times. But I, I, I didn't do that in that show. And I just kind of went ahead and started doing stuff. And, but it was advertised that way. Frank Caliendo working on new stuff. This is uh, Frank trying to be somebody else. He'll do... Uh, some of the stuff he's known for in there, but really working on trying to develop a Frank Caliendo character to come from. You are such a nice guy. That he is. is. Su that is such a noble thing. Why? 
because a lot of people make people pay full ticket price to work out in front well, of. Well, it's still expensive. It's still expensive. <laughs> but I would do an hour and fifteen as opposed to an you know an hour forty five minute fifty minute closing set. I'd do an hour and twenty sometimes. So I'd give them some of the best of stuff. But a a, a reporter or, or a critic wrote about the show how bad it was. Was like he's not there. He might be working on this stuff, but he's nowhere near, you know, being good. I'm like, first of all, the air conditioning went out in the room that night. Second of all, and it was 95 degrees. Second, and I was flustered because I'd been working. ESPN had called me to do a sketch that day, so I was working on the sketch the whole time and not really focusing. I can go do my act without thinking about it and have my grocery list going through my head at the, the old act. Mm-hmm. The new stuff, I have to concentrate and plan. Mm-hmm. I have to really think about it. And it's, I went through a phase of a, maybe a decade where I just would show up and do the same crap all the time. And it's, it's diminishing returns. People start to go, ah, you don't do anything new. Even if, even if I do new, impress, or new material, they're like, well, those are, that's the same voices you've done. I'm like, but Seinfeld doesn't change his voice. Man, he <laughs> didn't change his act for, what, 20 Years. What's well, different now with it, social media like and stuff and that kind of stuff? It's just a different. I, but uh, I was so jealous when I heard that. <laughs> but that's. It's not that it's. Uh, listen, I'm not even arguing that. It's just don't oh, review a practice show where I'm free meet and greet for everybody. Where other people are charging at the the level I'm at. Some people are charging twenty five and fifty dollars for that mm-hmm. kind. Of, I was just. That's part of the ticket price is if you want to come say hello afterward, I'm taking pictures, signing, whatever you want. Anything you want is part of it. I'll be there afterward. And somebody to rip me to shreds. Now, was the person right on a lot of it? Yes. But why are they there? That's what I didn't get. But the, but would you do that with an author, though, Ryan? Would you would you stand over their laptop and <laughs> as they wrote page by page? You would, you would wait till the product is finished. But stand-ups don't get that don't get that that leeway. You wouldn't do that in a with a, a musician. Wouldn't, you wouldn't let that happen either. Well, the thing also is a lot of uh, professions, especially with art, you get to do it alone. We don't know if it works until we get in front of people. So unfortunately, somebody has to get it in its early stages. Otherwise, someone has to get it in the early stages. Someone has to get it in its middle stages, and then. Hopefully we get it to a point where it's perfect and then people can see it then. And that's what the special was. When people saw the special, that was the finished product. But unfortunately now, man, everybody wants the finished product the first time out. And it's the dumbest thing, man. And I don't know if we just didn't, as a comedy community, educate the public about this or what it is. I think there was a time where people understood that. And that's what makes, you know, doing comedy in a lot of places in New York and L.A. because that audience just knows. They know. They know, oh, they probably, you know, wrote this today. And we're just coming to see them work out. And they get to see it for, you know, like you go to a seller, you see a lineup you would never see for that price. Right. Not at all. (laughs) But you see Chris Rock will go on stage and say, lower your expectations. Yeah. (laughs) And people yeah. know, like that's that's where I was coming from when I went up on stage most of the time. And the guy I was working with told me, "Don't do that. Don't don't do that. Just go out there and and, and present it like it's, you know, your best stuff." And I'm like, "But it's not." And one of the things, and this is in your act as well, that I really liked, Ryan, is you come and I talk about it more and more is honesty. You're like, "We need to be honest," and I keep saying that. 
when I'm on stage too, I'm like, I want to be more honest. A lot of my comedy in the past has been almost a puppet show. It's like, here's, here's what I see. These are observations. But now I want to come from honest points of view and let you know where I'm coming from. And you did that so well and crafted it. Oh, it's because I can't do voices. <laughs> well, you, you know what? You can't. And this is something you brought up to me, too, is you said you, you like watching the character guys because you don't really do characters. And you have a couple moments where you go into characters. And I know exactly what you need to do. You, so here's, here's the issue I saw because you want to be more character driven, right? Yeah, because want... I tell stories, and you can't tell a story. They're like, "Well, we forgot in the mid story. We forgot which one was you and which one was the right, other person." Right. <laughs> Sounds like you talking to yourself. So here's here's a here's a little bit of education in terms of this is what I've learned with an impression, a character, whatever. So you would set up. Uh, you had somebody I, again. I don't want to give away too much of the act, but somebody that lives inside your body that has yes. other points, another point of view. So if this was an older sounding guy. Yes. Right. So what happens is, is you gave the character a voice, but you didn't give him physicality first. You didn't say, here's the guy. Now I just hear a voice out of nowhere. I don't judge what the guy looks like. I don't feel, I can't picture how he walks, what he does with his face. You do all that first. So if you got a guy who lives in your stomach, you're like, <clears throat> make a noise. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> You do something that get like, all of a sudden you've got this guy who maybe is eating something. <clears throat> He's got something in his teeth. Now I've got a whole presence of who that person is. That's the acting side of it. And then the voice comes and the voice is funnier because you've already set up who the person is. I'm already laughing at it even more now <laughs> that you explained it that way. God, that would take it to... I appreciate right, cause that. Because you're just going, you're immediately going from, and that's why you're still doing a voice, but people don't care who the voice is. Um, Aries Spears one time did his dad, like his, his impression of his dad for me. And his dad, he's like, he's like, my dad, he does this, um, he, he he dressed like he he was Ronald McDonald. <laughs> and so then he go, oh, Aries! And he did, did this whole big thing, and it was, it was just a big, huge, huge character but you just pictured the guy and everything. When you did it, I was laughing and I like I'm like but I'm like I know exactly what the issue is. You're not spending the time on the character. You're just getting into it. So if you spend the time and let everybody know who it is and what the person feels like and what their point of view is, you spend all this time letting them know who Ryan Davis is and you do that incredibly well. But when it comes to the character stuff, you're just in it because you've already you're thinking it's Ryan Davis's character. No, no, it's not you anymore. It's the guy who lives there. Tell them who that guy is. So if I was going to do John Gruden, I'm going to just tie this into an impression bit. I'm like, John Gruden has that look on his face. They call him Chucky. And the reason they call him Chucky, because I looked like that killer doll, man. <laughs> so now I've gone into it. I've actually given it away because people know it's coming. But you can tell them the Chucky thing, and you make the face and do stuff. And then I do something that's um, fish out of water. He's got to talk to his kids with that angry face. Tell, imagine telling him a bedtime story. Tell you what, man, I would not want to be Goldilocks when those three bears return. You know, so now I've got a whole setup, but we've got that the feeling of who he is because I do the fa I would do that with everything. I, it's like a speech in speech class. They go tell them what you're going to tell them, 
Tell him. Hold on. Hold tell him what you told. Hold on. Let me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's so, good because because Al left so nothing I do. Ma- you're so amazing, amazing at this, I mean, man. Yeah, that that was that was great, man. Oh my god. Well, that's from my act. It's finished, but it's. Oh, oh my. God. But you you tell him it's that speech thing. You tell him what you're going to tell him. So here's the guy that I'm about to tell you about. Now you tell you do it then. So you set him up. You give him that little world to come from. You, you uh, illustrate it, you put it in Photoshop a little bit, mix things around, get the feeling. Now you do it. That's telling them what you tell them. And now you tell them what you told them. That's your conclusion. And you've got three sets of jokes. What you have now is just one joke that's the whole time. They didn't get to come along for the ride. Okay. The, the ride is just as – most of this – you're a storyteller. Tell the story about the person. And it's it's a it's a fictional care it's a it's a creation in your mind, mm-hmm. but it's worth every penny of it because you got you might get a, a minute you know thirty seconds out of it, but it's two minutes. It's two minutes of really enjoyable stuff. I was watching the middle of your show and I leaned over to Kellen and I go, "You're talking about your kids." I go, "Here's this cartoon. Your 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 the the way your kids are is your cartoon. It's I can I I saw the TV show as you were talking." I'm like, it could be a sitcom, but I saw it more as a cartoon because it was so over-the-top crazy yeah. that I don't think you could get kids to act that way. But the stuff you said and the callbacks is like – and I, it's still, at that time, I'm thinking, does is he just coming from social me- – not just, but is he only coming from social media and he crafts like this? Wow, because that most people don't understand all the callbacks and the setting up of an act. But I didn't know you went to the Hef School of Comedy. No, there is no. This is the the. I'm gonna tell you the beauty of coming up in North Carolina versus a lot of places. In North Carolina, everybody's not fighting for stage time like that. People usually <laughs> have like they're doing stand up or anything just because they don't have anything to do where it's like a bucket list item. So <laughs> if you really, really want to do it, like you can get on stage like nine times a week. Right. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. So I was able to really get it in. And then I had my own room where I would, um, I would every month I would try to bring a comic in and then I would feature for him. I would try to give him, make myself do 25 minutes in front of him. So that's how I would and just. And you got to turn over material quicker when you're doing that. Yeah, it's like you're forcing I, yourself to, to write. Right, because I'm the returning act. Everybody, every yeah. month, uh, the, like if I have returned people, they're coming to see a new person, but they still got to see me in the middle. So these jokes got to be different. I got to turn over <laughs> material. you know. Otherwise, they'll go, hey, man, we want to come to your shows because of who you're bringing. But uh, what time do you get off? Like, yeah, I don't exactly. want- I'm going to time it right for 846. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into the social media side of stuff what brought what put you in there just timing or did you see an opportunity there i i saw an opportunity there because uh in 2011 i started like just i like to create stuff man we it's just I, i'm in north carolina you know it's i'm bored i'm in the house there ain't really much <laughs> to, i was trying to entertain myself really and um I started creating stuff and then people liked it, but I, I stopped doing that for a while. And I started doing uh stand up in 2013. Like even when I was doing the videos in 2011, I never looked at it as it was really me doing stuff. Cause I wanted to create stuff and I was bored. So I didn't even have a Facebook then 
Uh, there was no Instagram. It was just me putting stuff on YouTube sometimes. And then after I did stand up for a year or so, I was like, I want to get back into creating content because I just really love doing it. And But by that time, I did see, I started to see the value of it. And I remember um, Patrice O'Neill saying, um, if you can get 100,000 fans, you'll work forever. Like 100,000 legitimate fans, you'll you'll be able to work forever, at least as a ticket-selling act. And um, I was like, man, I guess that's the goal. To, <laughs> to get. I set that as a goal. And then I started to see what social media was doing for guys. But I saw the social media people who were – building their uh following but just going out on stage and bombing everywhere mm-hmm. and um <laughs> i mean that's what they were doing i don't have any they other really way yeah <laughs> just... that's very accurate well sir. The, <laughs> the way they that some of the club owners describe it is they're glorified meet and greets so the youtube act will have one thing or social media act will have one thing they're known for a song yeah a puppet they'll <laughs> do that for 10 minutes run around and talk to the audience for the next 15 to 20 minutes. And then it's just people taking pictures with them and the meet and greet time. Now it really works with children's acts yeah, because they'll get 75 bucks a head, a hundred bucks a head. And then you got to bring your baby brother. The parent has to go. So you get three tickets per instead of two or even one. um, That's a fan. But the older people walk out of there going, that was a waste of money. And this isn't for everybody. This is just for some. That was a waste of money. But the kids are going, that's the greatest day of my life. Yep. There's a we, We're jaded because I told this story to Al before that my daughter got to meet you know, some Avengers and stuff like that. And when she meets them, to me, it's, it goes so quick for the most part. That I'm watching. I'm. Let's just say that the regular everyday person in public that goes to like one of these comic cons and meets somebody. It's it's pretty quick, but they come out of there the happiest, most excited person I've ever seen. These girls who meet Chris Evans, it's literally 15 seconds, but they come out of there crying. They're they're crying how happy they are to have met him, and been in the same area and shake hands or whatever. And us, a lot of the times, I think we're so used to being around people who either become famous or are famous or something. You go, you only got to see him for 10 seconds. Most people aren't going to ever get to be in the presence of somebody that famous, ever have that chance. That's the the exact point I was going to explain to you. And I was like, because I I can tell when you talk, you've been famous for a long time, Frank. Yeah, about twenty years, huh? Yeah. So when was I'm not the last that famous unless you... I have an old guy wig on or something. No. Well, I don't know, man. I don't. Keep, know. People keep calling me a legend, and I'm like, yeah, legends are like in the past. That's a problem. Ross Marquand, yeah, I was talking about living like, legend. Like living, I'll take yeah, living legend. legend. I'll take living legend. But more, Ross Marquand, Walking Dead. He's Red Skull in the uh, Avengers Endgame. He's like, you're a legend, dude, because he's Ross Marquand might be the best impressionist I've ever heard. He. Jay Farrow, and there's a couple other guys, Piat Michael, that are just like, un- M- Melissa Villasenora is on the rise there. They're so amazing, and you hear them, and you're like, this is incredible. But they'll, some of them will say to me, like, you're a legend. And I'm like, yeah, but legend is old, and then nobody's come up with the living legend until you guys right now. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, But there is a piece of me that's like, okay, thank you, 
but I, at the same time, I'm trying to rework and be something different. But a legend to me still means past, and it's there. No, I, I mean, I would say that we have the one job that you can do. I think Carlin did a show two weeks before he passed away. We have the one job where if you can sit upright, yeah, you can keep working. And uh, you know, you think about uh, how it must affect you. As it, think about if you were like what it must do to an athlete. Because I just figured out that I'm older than Dirk Nowitzki, and I always looked at him as this old guy in the league, and I'm <laughs> older than him. So you have to think that – imagine, like, you're doing stand-up and you're being interviewed, Ryan, and somebody's like, yeah, so what do you think? You got maybe two more years left? And you're like, wait, I love stand-up. I want to do this. Think about if you knew that there was an expiration date for Jeez. what you love to do. And it's so it, – you know, whether it's – think about, like, rappers and singers – there's a shelf life for all. No one really gets, you know, gets to do it forever except for Stevie Wonder and maybe a couple other people. Everybody else, you kind of got seven years to do what you love, and then they're like, "Yo, there's a new young guy." That's really dark. I didn't want to think of that. I'm now pity these people. This is it's, it's rough. I think that's why they, even though everybody they have so much money and they're famous, it's like, I mean, really, if you think about any Terrell Owens. I mean, he's, we still kind of talk about him, but think about how famous he was man, and where he is now. And he's still a young man. Was I, he 40? I, I think, though, there's two parts to that. One, you ever watch a football game and realize, or even a basketball game, an NBA or pro game, and go, God, these guys really are young. Like, yep. this, guy's, oh, this yeah. guy's 21 years old, 22 years old a lot of times came from no money at all and now has millions and is about to be worth tens and maybe even hundreds of millions. Yeah. And like you said with Dirk Nowitzki, they're done by 40. But I do – that piece of it, yes. And it's amazing because I'm always blown away when I go back and I just go – I start to think how young these guys are in these professional sports. But there is an a, a, a way that they can – now I think, especially people like LeBron, KD, as famous as they are, they're going to keep being that famous. Michael Jordan started it. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Jordan is still pretty much a Muhammad Ali too, and for different reasons and in a different way. Um, but Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, both two of the most famous names of all time, and will always be that way because they're big business moguls. Yeah. They're they're brilliant business people as well. And after their sport life is done, they are something else. Yeah. Michael Jordan hasn't dribbled a ball in how long? Still the number one sneaker. And and and, <laughs> and, and, and uh Zion just signed with him. Yeah. It's I don't know, man. It's it's incredible, man, when you think about it. Seriously. I and then now I'm 32, and I know I am a young man. I am 32 was young, and I'm like, there's football players retiring. Yeah, yeah. At 32, you would be at the well, tail end of your career. Yeah, like I can't do this anymore. Like, really? I'm I'm just starting what I'm doing. It's it's crazy when you think of it that way, man. But Frank, man, you're a legend for real, man. I tell you this, I'm not impressed much by people. What you do is extremely, extremely impressive. And I know it's because, you know, you're yourself every day. You don't really get to see yourself from the outside or the way others see you. But as a person who 
I, I just love so many different forms of entertainment. And like I said, my favorite comics are like Patrice O'Neill, Bill Burr, Chris Rock, Chappelle. I, I really enjoy Carlin and the way he crafted things, the way he put things together. The fact that Carlin was able to do the stuff he did without even having Google, I didn't even know hmm. that you could have that much information in your head without some type of help. But none of them were able to do what you're able to do. What you do, what you do at the highest level I've ever seen. And I know you'll see people and you go, oh, this person does it great or whatever. Just in my personal opinion, I've never seen anybody do it as well as you. Like your Gruden face, you literally look like John Gruden whenever you do that. Well, I've never heard Madden before you. You're the first white guy, I think, or if anybody to do Barkley that I heard. Now Barkley is like a a very popular thing for people to try, but I had never heard it before you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There I, there were people that did uh, pretty much, I think it's finding the character with the person is the key. And finding out how to create a take out of the person. That's the acting side and something I learned even more. When we, you know, the simple ones are like the George W. Bush, where I have no idea what... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about. Trump is just P.T. Barnum. This is going to be the most amazing thing. And you did this when you did your Trump. Yeah. You kind of did it half ass. I don't know if you did it because it was me. Uh, but you, no, I'm just awful. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't bad. But you weren't committing. You weren't committing it's to hard. it. That's what I'm saying. I've never had. But a black guy doing a Donald Trump is that's funny. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a there's an extra layer <laughs> of interesting to that, I think. Yeah. But again, if you're going to do Trump, you just started talking like you just you didn't. The first thing you do is you make the look. And I actually do a joke about he's, he's it's like he's looking into an aquarium and mimicking the fish the entire time. <laughs> Come yeah. here, Nemo. We're going to be friends. OK, <laughs> I'm going to build a water wall. So it's have that. But tell him where you're coming from with it. And you, if you just hold on that, because I didn't even see it coming. And maybe you want it that way. You could want it that way. But you have a you have a well-crafted Trump thing that doesn't make people who are uh, big time Trump supporters or anything get mad at you. They stay on board and listen to your take on it. The whole time, even if you have an opposing opinion, and but you went right into it. You went right into it. You didn't take a second. Like for me, they're expecting it, so I can get into it a little more quick, quickly. But you, you can give them. You know, you can, you can. I think me doing it is the is the surprise. I think I want to keep it. You could, yeah, as a surprise <laughs> of me uh, doing it because I don't think anybody ever is going to expect me to do it. Right? There, no, there's an element to that too. There's. There's uh, but I do you do you see anything in committing to it more because you almost I want to because I yeah. really want to because it's, I think it's a fear. There's yes, but there's a difference between this like going um, okay, what we're going to do, and and then going okay, what we're going to do. Yeah, because you just a little bit more and give it a little bit of this power to it, and then all of a sudden it's you almost did it was close to a whisper. It wasn't quite a whisper, and I think that's fear of throwing it out there. Yeah. But you you got into incent, and he, I'm going to talk about how great I am. I really am. like there's you, but I saw that with all your characters, and that's and you don't have to do the setup. People in an impression, they kind of already know who the person is, so you don't always have to even do that. But it's I think it's different than the character thing we talked about before. So that's why I'm, I agree with you. If that's how you want to do it. Well, 
I say you just keep doing the other thing. I, I have a question for both of you guys because you both uh, do Trump on stage. I would say, without a doubt, the most divisive subject that, uh, of of my career. Uh, do you did you guys have any hesitancy about even bringing him up? Because when you say his name, it's already you know knife down the middle of the uh, of, of the audience, you know, left and right. Uh, and people are just going to feel some type of way about that. So what uh, and, and have you experienced any kind of like uh, has anybody said anything, uh, y you know, during the show? If you would like that's our president, because I was uh, I was at the Comedy and Magic Club the day that um, uh, that there was a there was it's crazy. There was a lesbian Hispanic uh, couple that were diehard Trump supporters and they threw uh they threw a, a glass of wine at um who's the heavy John Caparulo. And okay. so it, it yeah, and he hadn't even uh you can YouTube this. He hadn't even uh set he, he really he was maybe a minute into his act. I mean, we're only doing 10 minute sets. And but it was that like he just said one thing about Trump and they were they were already at the point where they were ready to throw glassware. So I was what I'm asking you guys did you have any hesitancy in doing Trump and have you ever had any audience members give you pushback for it? Um, yeah, like it's, it was a long, me working out, you know, taking, um, trying to take the venom out of how people are going to feel right up front. One, when someone hears me uh, mention Trump, they automatically think, oh, black guy must be Democrat. This is going left. But um, nah, that's not even like I, growing up in North Carolina. Most of everybody I know is Republican, so <laughs> yeah. it, it's just um, I like to when I dive in to saying as soon as I say his name, I understand the people who like him are you know going to be like, okay, where is this going? The people who don't like him are thinking, oh, I'm gonna make him the butt of the jokes. But I, I jump right into the fact that people think it's that his name is divisive and I go immediately into, you know, um, what do, what are the things that, you know, I personally just enjoy saying, cause I think he's hilarious. So I don't really care about none of the divisive parts. I, I try to tell people that we should just be honest. That's my, that's my theme to the, like literally the whole first half of my set is I like, is we need to be honest, like whether you like them or not, there's things we can agree upon and it doesn't have to be divisive at all. And then I go into what those things are. And I've, I remember one of my greatest moments, man, and that of doing Trump, I did it in Florida and it was a room full <laughs> of Trump supporters. And I did that bit. And then I got this long applause break and it was great because I remember when I first mentioned his name, it, I could hear the room go, oh, we were liking this guy. <laughs> yeah, I started my career in Florida, bro. I, 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 know, I know those rooms like the back of my hand. So first of all, a, I want to yeah. say this. I told you it wasn't the Russians. Florida loves me. <laughs> um, if I can throw this in there, here's – I think you craft it very well. Um, you talk about two, the, the honesty – and this was the other thing that we talk about here a lot, Al, that I really loved in your act, and I've been working on getting it in more to mine too. It's 
the um, let's start with where we're similar. Yes. And so we can actually have common ground to agree on first. And then we can talk about differences. And let's then celebrate our differences. Al and I talk about that constantly. Like, actually, it's really funny that we have such differences in cultures. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to mean that your culture's worse than mine, mine's worse than yours. They're just different. And different is funny. Yes. And the tone is where if it's just about that, if it's about my culture's better than yours, I think that's problematic. If you're doing that even in a joking way and people tongue in cheek, people get people can get that, too. But if you're saying a per, if a group of people are bad or lesser than you, that's one thing. But if you're saying they're different, that's fun. And that's what's great is we are all so different and enjoy. Now, with the Trump stuff, what I do, Al, is I actually diffuse it immediately. I go a very different route than you because I do a lot of corporate shows. Mm -hmm. And I go, I don't care where you're on the political spectrum. I say that over and over and over. It doesn't matter to me. We all come from different places. We all have different experiences. Our life experiences add up to a very different person. So I'm not judging anybody. But let's talk about Donald Trump. So it's like (laughs) that kind of a thing. And we get almost to a similar place, you and I do. Um, And I don't think we come from the same angle on it exactly. But we go about to craft a way to get into it that isn't just, hey, let's attack. And that's what I see. I see Trump do that. I see the news do that. And it's funny because I watch them both do it. It's like they're both playing games a lot of the time. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing. I think that's the thing people are tired of. And when they see you craft the joke the way you did, which is really well done, it's done as an analogy, too. Mm -hmm. And you have to laugh at the analogy and it's i don't care where you are on the political spectrum like i said yeah I, now I, we talked about this a few weeks ago al where i had that issue where somebody facebook me they left a show like a year ago they just left a show because i mentioned trump they just they they took off and they fa- messaged me on facebook like that's the president like first of all i've made fun of every president I've every uh, except Obama and no, no, even that is the talk slow at the beginning and speed up at the end. It's that is I could say, uh, listen, listen, we're going to build a wall and it sounds better when I say it. It, It's a really good wall. It's a uh, tremendous wall uh, that uh, we all uh, will uh, prosper because of. (laughs) <laughs> and you think you're a regular? This is crazy, man. Yeah. So you're 15 people. <laughs> so I again, listen, I I felt that in the room when you when you it happened last night too because you you had an inter, inter, interesting mix um Kellen actually I'm going to give the line to Kellen because it was his line. I noticed it. I just didn't have as great of a um an observation as Kellen Erskine did is he, he goes, there's a lot of Instagram people here. You can tell by the amount of cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, hundred percent right. There are six foot models yeah. in here. Beautiful <laughs> women that have no idea who I am at this show. Like re- there were really good looking people at Ryan's show. I, like, <laughs> I tend to have people that are in my realm, mostly of looks <laughs> And not to take anything away from you, Ryan, but you had gorgeous, like yeah. men and women, beautiful, beautiful people. Some I didn't know which were, what they were, meant, didn't care, just went, 
beautiful. <laughs> just went no gender, beautiful. <laughs> and uh, there was that there was that element to it, and it's. But again, again, to back to the point, you crafted so many things, and that's where. That's where I thought you were going. I, you took the stage and you just you eased into it too. Again, I didn't know you'd like. I thought uh, I didn't know. I I wondered because I thought you're the social media guy coming from. Didn't realize you. Were, I know you're a. Crafter. That's the energy he gave me in the green room. By the way, Al. Yeah, he, 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 he gave, <laughs> when he I gave do. you. Yeah. He gave you that 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 kind of like, hey, uh, you won't be in these green rooms for much longer. Energy. Yeah, it was like, was it, it was really like that? Because I, I was like, hey, Frank is like, yeah, man, we're uh, gonna have you on the podcast or whatever. I was like, man, I, it's it's such a pleasure to meet. Oh man, don't worry about. It. No, I was like, God, man, this is. <laughs> well, it was I just I didn't want to bother you. That was more what it was. I come across wrong because I I no. we found that I come across wrong a lot. Yeah, you know what uh, yeah. it, Ryan? Ryan, I'll tell you what it is, man. I was and, so and excited to see him and the mutual. Well, then the you were mad that I wasn't mutual. shorter because you're the first person ever expected me to be shorter than I am. I see you around athletes all the time, so I thought you were short. I. I am sure. Wore, no, you thought I was a tiny little you're, person that lived in the garden. You're an average-sized man. You're just around athletes all the time. Okay, I I'll tell you what it is. I'd be I, like I, five two. To be honest with you, Kevin Hart oh, size. Oh wow! Yeah, because <laughs> he's around six foot five dudes all the time. I thought he was a lot smaller. Yeah, Frank's energy. It, it, it's weird because it hits people weird because Frank doesn't know how famous he is because Frank doesn't care. It does not cross his mind at any point. He's not proud of himself. He, I guarantee you, this man has never just stopped and just like done, done a show in Vegas or done done Atlanta. It just been like, wow, I did something today. Frank has never stopped to acknowledge the the achievements that he's gotten in his career. Therefore, he walks up to you like he's a failed shoe salesman from right. The 60s. <laughs> I am, a, and I do so it. he just walks up and he's just like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And he doesn't realize. That people are freaking out when they meet him. Like, dude, you your voice has been in my living room for the last 15, 20 years. And he just he just kind of has this, yeah, what's up, bro? And people are like, oh, is he not excited to meet me? Is he kind of like he his energy is kind of low? But just Frank, he doesn't Frank doesn't walk like you've been around famous people that just walk in a room and they've got that. I know I'm I'm David Spade energy. Like they they walk in like, hey, what's up? How you doing? I know you, I need to give you my your ten seconds with me. Shake your hand. Let's take a picture. <laughs> they gotta have that famous vibe. Frank doesn't have that, but he's famous, so it comes off super weird. Yeah, I was like, Frank Caliendo is talking to me, and I was yeah. like. I don't think Frank Caliendo wants to talk to me. No, I totally did. That's <laughs> that's gonna be you guys' podcast. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's. I mean, I don't mean that to. Ha- I, I I could tell it was not. It was not. You just didn't know what to expect, man. That's that's fine. Well, it wasn't that's even fine. that. I just I was looking forward to meeting you. I knew you had stuff to go on, and I've also recently had issues where. I put myself on the same level as everybody I'm meeting, except for if I meet, like, even even then, when I meet people way more famous than me, I will say stuff I shouldn't say. Network executives, I say stuff I shouldn't say. I don't treat them nice like... Nice tits. Say that again? Nice tits. <laughs> to a, to, yeah, to a, to a guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, will, I, I will go into an, an, a room with an executive and just talk to them like they're a friend. I will, t- I will go into... 
um, I'll be backstage and I'll be talking to the backstage people that are working there on that show. They're like weirded out by me. And this is shedding some light on it to me that I guess nobody just interacts with people like they're an everyday person. They don't. Uh, And a lot of people uh, who look at me as famous, they're like, they can't believe that I'll just sit down and I'll talk to anybody, man. I'm, I don't have that, like, when it comes to ego, having an ego, I'm more that way about my comedy. I want to be like, I want to be like, yeah, nah, I'm I'm one of the top guys. I'm I'm amazing. But, I love that. <laughs> but in my personal life, nah, I'm just Ryan. Well, like, the more famous you get, apparently that's going to be a bad thing. Because, <laughs> because you're going to become me, and you're going to ruin a lot of people's days. Yeah, no, nah, man, I'm telling you, I was I couldn't wait to tell my brother, I can't, you don't, you don't understand, man. You, like, even I, before you did Fox, we, we knew you were, we were watching, you, you do, you know what I mean, mad before that, right? Uh, but those are about the same time. Mad was on it, but there was hype on the WB and some mm-hmm. other stuff. There was a, a lot of stuff. Yeah, and we just, nah, man, you What's well, weird to me because I am around me all the time. And that's I, what it is. I, I just, but I, <laughs> I blend in a lot too. I found that if you don't try to stand out, people don't really notice. I mean, it's like Pat Sajak had this tweet. I don't know if I talked about this on with Ryan Griffin last week or or not or uh, uh, not Ryan Griffin Eric Ryan, Eric Griffin you're Ryan Davis I'll get them all I get everybody yeah man screwed. like you know all us black guys are the no that's I knew it that's what I was halfway through that halfway through I was saying there it's like oh no I am it was I am deep he I thought my deep. Lyft driver was with me because he was black. <laughs> Well, you said you were driving over. And I was legitimately, and I brought it up even after the fact because I didn't know. I thought the guys just all came to, you know, a bunch of guys, friends came together. Um, and it was, I should have, this is why it was so weird and I didn't put it together. You guys were sitting in the back. Yes. Like that was the, but I, I, some people sit in the back of cars. <laughs> no, I always they sit, don't. I, I sit in the Nobody front with, does I sit in the front with an Uber driver. Yes, I do. I shouldn't say people, you do? you're right. People don't sit. I sit in the front with an Uber driver. I have many times. I always yeah. ask and I should have realized, but I did say that to Ryan. I, I said out loud, I go, and you can make, I go, you make fun of me in this because this is pathetic on my part. I go, I thought that guy was with you. I'm the idiot. I go, I'm just making assumptions based on skin color, right? And we do it all the time. I'm like, feel free to talk about how much of an idiot I am. Because I, a friend of mine did that at a flag football game. So is Michael Bernard, who a um, good friend of mine now, his son came and played uh, flag football with us and uh, with my son's team. And he, it was him and another black guy. And I always point this out because I just think it's because I just realize how much of an idiot I am during these moments. It was him and one other black guy. And I just started talking like they were together hanging out as friends. And then I go, you guys do know each other, right? Because I was like, because I don't want to just assume that you're the two black guys on the sideline. And now I'm just making assumptions because that and I look more at my wife's like, you're an idiot for saying that. I'm like, but they respect me for at least being honest. Right. There's some. All I ever want anybody to be is I, I, you cannot get mad at someone's honesty. You know what I mean? Because we don't. The problem is a lot of the reason we don't have a lot of understanding racially is because people are so afraid to be snapped on 
by saying the wrong thing. And I knew you were going to crush me on both these things. I knew. <laughs> but I had to take it because it's worth it for me and to go, God, I gotta. I just have to let you in on how stupid I am. And um, uh, the new season of Curb, Your Enthusiasm, I'm on an episode of that. It's actually a moment like that. Oh, really? Yeah. And to watch, you know, Larry <laughs> go through it, it was freaking hilarious. That dude is hilarious, man. Yeah, he's got moments. He just creates awkwardness out of everything. And it's one of those moments. It's one of those, I thought y'all were together because, you know, and his explanation, him trying to... Uh, trying to go, say it without saying to say, Yeah, it was... You guys oh. had similar haircuts and yeah. <laughs> I mean, you both had an earring in the same... And you I, shop I at the I, same... Assumptions get such a bad rap because that's how you get through life is you have to be able to put things together through past experiences. So like if I have a party and Ryan shows up with a, with a girl, I be, yeah, after a few months, I'm like, oh, is this your wife? Is this your girlfriend? And, and if he's like, it's my roommate. It's like, I didn't know. <laughs> you, have, you know, two people show up. You don't know, but you have to be able to put certain things together. Uh, you, you know, so sometimes you will be wrong, but a lot of times, like a lot of the times you're going to be right. So I don't, you know, I, I, I feel you on, on that, except for the fact that he was in the backseat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I didn't put it, to, I didn't put it together and, but the, the, the driver, the Lyft driver or whatever, he looked at me oddly, but you also, it was weird because you guys didn't pull all the way up to the house. You got kind of got off in the street and then people <laughs> People were driving by looking at us like, why are we just in the street getting out of the it's car? It's a drug deal. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you said Where they it. all no. happen, right at the curb. <laughs> like, like, I get in a lot of trouble saying that. Yeah, that, nah, that's what they thought. They were like, you know, oh, the neighborhoods, here goes the neighborhood. They're <laughs> yeah. starting to do drug deals right in the middle of the cul-de-sac. Call <laughs> Century 21. <laughs> Ryan, I wanted to ask you, uh, ask you this because uh, Frank uh, – Mentioned this in in, in uh, I'm, I'm I hope you're cool talking about it. Uh, I heard that uh, that you use the N word on stage. Uh, I a lot. don't anymore. Uh, I don't have any kind of opinion on that. But I just wanted to have you ever gotten any anybody saying anything to you after a show about that? And like uh, what what's your uh, what's your stance on that word and who can use it and all the all that good stuff. Um, for me, uh, I get it on social media. Nobody ever really has, you know, the balls to really say anything to me. Um, right. the word is actually way more offensive to white people. I found, um, that's who usually, uh, approaches me about the word, <laughs> but I, uh, for some reason it really offends me. And, and kind of, how do they come at you? <laughs> it's, it's on some, you know, you should really stop using that word. That word is offensive. And I'm like, Oh, really? Now, now <laughs> hold on to my, and my, and my defense, right. I said, I would not want to change how Ryan talks right. or says anything. I said, but as a, as a white guy in the audience and from, I, I'm, I'm structuring this as best I can, nah, just but it was honest, like, I, I, no, I, I was I was a little weirded out by it, uh -huh. more like like I'm not offended. I don't get offended. I don't get offended. I, I found that to be not that version. Yeah. But with the hard R. Yeah. That to be the that's the one word that I find that it just has so much meaning to so many people. And I don't care. I remember watching Oprah years ago in a hotel room while I was waiting to go to a college, and Oprah had somebody on. Uh, I think it was Chris Rock. And she was talking about the N-word, right? And an audience member 
white old white lady gets up and says, how come you get to say it and I don't? And there was a different way that this went down. But I, my first question was, why do you want to say it? What's, yeah. your, what's the issue that you want? You don't need to want just if that is something. And I get I've, I've heard all these different things. Again, I don't care where somebody's coming. The only thing I was really worried about and I because I didn't know you yet. I didn't know yeah. you at all. And you're you're the same guy here, but sh- there's another piece of real I think that even gets on the stage there. Oh yeah, and well, we all do this. Well, here I like I've never done your podcast, so I don't know how like edited you guys are. So yeah, know. and we are pretty because cl- one of the things we try to do is we try to make a lot of points. Yeah. So we don't want somebody to take language and, they will. and they'll just use it against you to not yes. you say your point and that's what that's what happens when uh because a lot of my um posts on social media i'll talk i'll take on social issues and stuff like that and they're like you're when you use that word it takes away from no it doesn't it, you're hmm. you're choosing to deflect you're choosing to make this the uh point of your uh attention instead of what I was talking about in total, you know, and I'd rather you just be honest and say that. Like, I don't really want to address what you were talking about. Let's so, address this. So, but so easier. with that said, and I'm I'm just asking, I'm not critiquing in this point. No. Um, when you do see people that or hear from people that say that, and I agree with you, it sh- it's not, it shouldn't be in the argument. I think it, I don't really yeah. think it, it, but because it is, and they try to take away from your, a thought process there and stuff you don't think hey maybe i should get rid of this or it's just so much you and where you come from it's like it would be f- being fake it would and that's exactly uh me and i was talking about this right before we went on about cursing on stage mm-hmm. you know what i mean if you if you're clean off stage be clean on stage if you're dirty on stage be dirty i'm being i thought about that it was said to me earlier in my career they'll um uh, Joel Pace, shout out to Joel Pace from. Uh, I know Joel Pace, yeah, yeah. He was like, you know that that word could bother people, and I and I did comedy with uh, without saying it. I started not saying it, and then when I didn't say it, I realized I'm holding back who because it's a natural thing. I'm I'm actually on stage now thinking like, don't don't be too much of yourself, or you might offend somebody. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I'm like, nah, I didn't feel free at all. It took away the love that I had for what I was doing. So, and then at the end of the day, just because I speak, people speak different ways. That's just the way the world is. And if you feel like that saying a certain word takes away the value of what I'm saying, then you're not paying attention to really what I'm saying. And it, And I'm going to tell you another example of that. I learned because I had to get over it. Being from the South, the Southern draw, what I would automatically pull that into this person isn't very intelligent instead of listening to what they were saying instead of that accent. It's that type yeah. of thing. So when you hear the word, I mean, the word is what it is. My, um, For me, I don't, I don't want to live in a world where I can't say it. You know what I mean? And plus, I'm a comic, man. We're the last hope for honesty and free speech. I don't want to get into a point where I get bullied into not saying anything. But then when you look at people like Dick Gregory, who dedicated his life to social issues and 
left comedy at a time where he was at the top of the game to join the civil rights movement, he uses the word. And he was like, who told you you couldn't say that word? Now, if Dick Gregory says it, I'm never going to let anybody <laughs> tell me that I can't say it. He was really called it with the ER, right. hard ER, shot with water hoses and everything. And he says it? Oh, I'm saying it. <laughs> like, um, I'm saying, that's, I don't know if Martin Luther King would have said it because he didn't last long enough for me to know, but I'm pretty sure Jesse Jackson says it, so I'm saying it. I don't care. People who went through it, it through racism when it was very, very tough, you know, use that word, and I you give it. It's a powerful word, but you know, words have power in in different ways, man. Like a whole bunch of this is the English language, man. When you say the word hot, hot can mean a lot of things. It can mean temperature. It can mean how gorgeous somebody is. It can mean, it, and I feel the same way about that word. It's, it's your intent. It's never the word. It's your intent. I can tell you, <laughs> I really like your shoes. Now, if I say, man, I really like those shoes, or I say, <laughs> nice shoes, that's two different things. You you know what I mean? One of them, I sincerely like them. The other one is, I clearly don't like your shoes. I was, well, I think about- that's what we've lost is context with yeah. everything. We've lost context, and I think some of that does have to do with uh, social media and just seeing things in 180 or 240 characters, you, you lose the context. So if uh, if you- Oh, that's why I, I don't the- do Twitter, by the way. You're leaving tone up to their interpretation, which is- That makes sense. Yeah, yeah which is no. This is funny <laughs> because this is, a, you, one of the jokes I do, especially when I'm in New York, is I can't tell. They're like human Twitter feeds. I can't tell. <laughs> if they like something or don't because their tone like they're so sarcastic and i actually say somebody comes to me and go, hey nice shirt do you like it or don't you <laughs> i can't help i don't know like when you that's something on the east coast you just don't know which way it is um so listen i and it was something that stood out to me it didn't change anything that i thought about i just wondered to me because because I wanted to hear Al's perspective on it, too, because I don't think we've ever really talked about that. And I call everyone the N-word, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody. <laughs> but again, I call things the N-word. I don't care. But, I don't care. But that, it did not, I just want you to know where I'm coming from on that. I wasn't, it didn't take away from your message to me at all. It was just very interesting to me. Yeah. It was one of the things that I go, geez, I, I, I don't know you. I don't know, mm-hmm. but... The more I know you, the more I see that you do what I, what we all do. What I, I tell my kids this all the time. You're going to talk to your teachers one way. You're going to talk to your parents a different way. Coach switching. You talk to your friends. Yeah. And and, is, is, and y'all are my friends. I'm yeah. coming out and performing in front of my friends. I don't want, I don't want to feel those restraints. I just don't, not when doing what I, what I love. And if someone goes, I can't watch him because of this, then that's okay. Yeah. They're, they're allowed to feel that way. I don't go, how dare you not watch me because I use that word. <laughs> no, I'll go, you don't have to watch me because I use that word. That's fine. You know? I, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I, I, think, I think what you want to do is, I think it's just important as finding the people that, love you is finding the people that hate you right because that means that you're doing something that's evoking emotion 
if you just, it's almost like, I always look at somebody like, uh, I know it might be sensitive because his wife just passed, but you look at somebody like Dog the Bounty Hunter. You look at a guy that's got a blonde mullet and leather straps or whatever the hell he's got, chaps and all that stuff, and you, a lot of women would look and be like, that is, I would never date a guy like that. But two women would be like, that's the guy I like. And it's better to have two women that really like you and eight that don't rather than just be a guy in a polo shirt and khakis where every every girl's like, eh, he's okay. You want to stand out in either way. So if somebody goes, I will never miss a Ryan Davis show. I don't care if I'm in the hospital, I'm going to go. That's great. But then you're also going to have people saying, I will never pay to see him again. That's cool, too. It's better than, oh, yeah, we saw a comic last night. What was his name? Brian, yep. what now? You know, it's better to have the hate than to have than to not be remembered. Yeah, I, I I was saying before, man, that's why I wanted, I've always wanted the cult following rather than, I don't need everybody to like me. It, once everybody likes you, there'll become a time where everybody will be indifferent towards you or everybody won't like you anymore. Because, right. you know, because you're playing, you're playing toward, you know, generalities yeah generalities like when when frank says that he's you know going into doing uh a lot of material as himself the character of himself and not you know the impression the people who love frank are going to be there with you through that whole journey dog i i always liken it to this you ever open for a band yeah. impressions yeah. of the band yeah and then i've got to open for the impressions there's a weird thing where it takes them a little bit of time Bru- to listen because you're amazing at it if i right listen- and i'm not amazing at being me well that's the thing <laughs> but i'm and getting there I'm you working. will be and that's the beauty of it and then i'm telling you their appreciation for when you get there oh the first time you're he- you're going to hear hey man i love your material way more than the impressions you're going to feel this sense of accomplishment that you just haven't felt. I do so get long. that. I get that from I, I when people come and see me now and go, oh, it's it's so much more than just the impressions. It's not that I love this more. But You'll it's, get to the point where they'll yeah, I'm, I'm, Yeah. I mean, yeah. as you can tell by this podcast, I'm really solid. You're amazing. Uh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Ryan, you, kind of, you brought up his name earlier, but think about George Carlin. He almost had two different careers. He was like a goofy – a goofy kind of hippie yeah. comic that in the last 20, 30 years of his career really switched over and became more political. But and that ended was up not on Carlin the CIA at all. White watch list. Like he mm-hmm. went from goofy hippie to, hey, man, this dude's wanting to start a revolution. Like, yeah, you don't you know. Monitor him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm serious, man. And, it, and both, and that was him. He was being himself. You know what I mean? And that was okay. And if you liked the early Carlin and hated the late Carlin, you're allowed to do that. Or if you if you hated the early Carlin and loved the, you know what I mean? I, right. I personally saw the brilliance in both of them. But if, you know, you're allowed to do that. I think people, you know, worry too much about everybody liking them, and which is hard to do whenever, you know, we're vulnerable like we are on stage where – we are getting on stage and doing us and hoping that people like it because that positive response feeds us while we're on stage. We're up there. We're not up there to do badly. Like no one's ever very up much there. so. Yeah, <laughs> no one's ever up there not hearing laughter or getting booed and going. This is exactly what I was aiming for. That's not. Yeah. That's never the case. But at some point, you also got to realize, man. You can. You can. You know. Um, 
you can, uh, for lack of a better word, prostitute yourself out for the laugh, or you can do something that you'll be proud of. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that, I, I think you're exactly right. And that's, you know, that's, we were kind of talking about hack comics and why they do it. It's just like, because it for you talking about what Big J said, it's like to be a hack, other comics, you know that they're talking about you, but at the same time, every night, you know, like, I know it's hacky, but this, the, you know, the crowd loves my, loves my Viagra joke. <laughs> you know, if, 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 you know, if, if I'm not calling a doctor, I'm calling everybody in my phone book, that kind of, but if it works, <laughs> you got me with hard, it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to like, it's hard to go away from that and be like, because you like the laughter. You like seeing people looking at you and smiling and coming up and saying, great show to then take that Viagra joke that you know is going to work put that away and then go out there and just be like, Hey, we're just going to kind of work through some things. And I'm kind of trying to change as a person. You're not going to get that response. And it's hard. Like you said, you've been feeding yourself with this drug, which is people's adulation. And once you stop getting that drug, you're just like, I don't know if I like this. And a lot of people go back to, to being a hack because even though they might not love the material they're doing, they love the response they get from it. Yes, man, that positive feedback on stage. That's what you get addicted to as a comic. Really, a lot of people get addicted to it, and I had to, I had to get out of that. My first year touring, I had a set that I did, all, all like the same set every time. I wanted to do that because I wanted to prove to people that I could do stand up. Because once they know you from social media, and a lot of clubs didn't want to let me in because of the uh, social media people that came before me, and I had to be like, "No, I'm a real comic. I'm a real boy, Geppetto. Yeah. I really, <laughs> I really do this." So it was like. It was a fight, but then after a while, I was like, I'm doing the material in my set that I know works, and I and I feel like I'm just trying to send people home happy, but I'm not happy now. Like, I'm trapped in my own career. I'm trapped. My success has trapped me, and I didn't want to feel that way. You know, I didn't yeah. want to be a prisoner <laughs> to my success, and I was like, I want to do, and I feel like I was, I was confident enough that if I was, I was confident that people enjoyed my content on social media because I was being myself. And now I'm out and they're coming to my show and now I'm not being myself. I'm being this robotic thing mm -hmm. that- uh, That you think the club wants. That I think the club wants. And, and, you know, and eventually I got to a point where I was like, look, man, it's okay. We're going to want to work this out. Like, I don't know if Frank, how long Frank stayed in my set, but then I get into relationships, right? And I've been single for six years, but I have this, like, I don't get into relationships anymore because they're just so difficult for me and they just don't work. I don't think I'm meant to be in a relationship. But then instead of just, you know, just saying that, I dive into it. I go, I go deep into why these things don't work, into the psyche of men and the psyche of women. And it's not going to be funny the first time you do it. There's, no. Anytime <laughs> you dive into something like that, I promise you, it's not going to. But you have to trust that you're funny and you will find the humor in it at the end of the day. And either people are going to want to take that journey with you or they don't. But when you figure it out, you're going to separate yourself from everyone else. Well, well said. Here's the thing. I think we could probably do another six hours. With, <laughs> uh, we are. Uh, we've actually gone quite a bit longer than we usually do. So I think this is where we'll uh, wrap it up. But listen, this has been awesome. 
And I, I, I was actually thinking at a certain point, I was like, wow, Al, should we uh, cut this into about eight episodes? Because this is <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> um, Again, I think people should go – people that don't know you yet um, are going to know you. There's a, a lot that you do. In a, what impressed me the most is the, the amount you make people think before you go for the laugh. And the – I really appreciate you have no idea all these compliments I'm remembering all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um well it's from they're from a legend so Yeah. <laughs> uh, an no. aging legend. <laughs> <laughs> an agent. Uh, so your Instagram which is huge is Ryan Davis comedy. And anything else on Facebook you find me just put in Ryan Davis videos. You'll you'll get a, a million of them, and you've got uh, Curb coming up. That's going to be in this next up. season. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I made Larry David break character. That's oh. that's like my greatest moment that's ever. That's like a credit. That's yeah. like a comedy special credit. Yeah. What, can you tell us what that was it, before we go? Um, I'll tell you guys. Oh, you want, was, yeah, but it was uh, on the po- Do you want this off the podcast, or are you telling this? Because I, I, I can't. I don't want to give away what's on the episode. You know what? I don't. don't I don't know what. Don't I'm do allowed that. to say tell us after. Not, yeah. yeah, wait till after the fact, and then come back and talk about it. Okay. Because we definitely. This has been fantastic. I. This is what I like uh, about the podcast, and as Al and I have been working on getting more and more guests, is learning from people and seeing how people go about in their process and just how they see the world, and that. That that is always something that that changes every person a little bit. I learn a little bit more from somebody else, and it gives me a new perspective. And now I take in the world a little bit differently. It's still my own personal take, but there's a little piece that I go, "Well, this is how somebody else sees it," and it it helps you in the overall understanding of everything. We're all coming from different directions. We're all looking at different things. Even though we we might see one thing happening, we all see it differently. But uh, it's it's just great, Al. Both. I mean, for me, it's just it's fascinating to learn about people's upbringing and just because I, I, everybody's upbringing is so different, but they're completely bored by it. Like you'll talk to somebody and they'll just be like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, my dad was Mr. T. And, uh, you know, but you're like, wait, what? You know, <laughs> you know, and, you know everybody is so like bored by their lives. But like I could I could listen to Ryan talk about his upbringing in North Carolina and what it looked like and what it yeah, what man. what his family was like and you know what they did on so I'm I I could listen to it forever so I say all that to say Ryan you are officially family on this podcast you, you will come back I will force you I will get Frank to come steal you put you back on the podcast we love having you here man and uh dude uh you you got to see the table anytime homie Oh, thank you guys so much, man. That really means a lot. Oh, really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. Because I know I'm still looked at as a social media guy, and just right then it felt like, oh, oh I, I just joined the club. I tell you what, I, <laughs> I'm not in the club, but uh, as yes, far as you are. comics go, uh, people, you're a you're a comic. You're a real comic, and uh, anybody who doesn't see Definitely. that isn't, isn't watching because. Again, I wa- when I watch your set, and the other reason, there are two reasons I left. One, because I'm an old guy. I stayed longer than I planned, quite a bit longer, because I want oh, to see. Oh, thank you. And um, two, I don't want to watch a lot of premises from comics, because you did a great job, and I just don't want to see that much of how you did it and stuff, because I don't want to absorb too much, because you're talking about family. You started hitting on things I want, I'm want. i hitting on and working on, too. So I'm like, I'm, I just got to get out of here before I hear too much. Too. Okay. So there's, yeah. just, there's an element of that, too. So. 
Really great. Uh, Ryan Davis, check him out Instagram and uh, not on Twitter because th- you, there's no tone there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, because I, I say some messed up stuff and I don't want you to read it the way that you want to read it. I want you to hear it the way that I meant for it to be heard. So I, I actually post videos on Twitter. I don't even type. Oh, really? Anything? Yeah, I still post videos on Twitter. That's, that's when smart. I started, that's when I got active on Twitter when they started letting you do videos. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Uh, and let's uh, be serious. I don't know. I don't have an ending to the show. Uh, clearly, let it <laughs> let it end with a fizzle. Let, how yeah. about we let it end with a hard edit from Toledo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>